You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Today in the Morning Edition, you could call it a budget victory. The Anchorage School Board passes an $800 million budget, safeguarding class sizes, keeping Ignite, and ensuring stability for teachers. We'll break it down. It, it breaks my heart to think that this is just about money. Meanwhile, in Juneau, the debate over state funding for schools continues with the governor threatening a veto over what he believes are missed opportunities for Alaska students. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. <laughs> and later, it's a common condiment with a tricky name, how the iconic sauce came to be, and we may even learn to pronounce it after all as the morning edition starts now. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for waking up with us here on a Wednesday. That's a tricky one. It's Worcestershire, right? Worcestershire. 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 Say it three times real fast. Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Worcestershire. There you go. All right. <laughs> we'll get to weather here in just a bit. But first, in this morning's top story, the Anchorage School Board passed its budget in a six-to-one vote with the new budget giving parents most of what they had been asking for. Every single person who testified during the public hearing portion pleaded with the district to save the IGNITE program for advanced studies. And that's exactly what happened. The more than $894 million budget passed, and the board also passed an amendment, adding more than $8 million designated to protect IGNITE, prevent increases to class sizes, and ensuring teacher positions through high school. The audience at the meeting cheered when the amendment passed. Dave Donnelly, the one dissenting vote, said he's glad class sizes won't increase and Ignite is left intact. He said his no vote reflects the need for more fiscal responsibility. Well, we made progress tonight. We restored uh, the, uh, the existing class sizes, which I was very concerned about an increase in class sizes. And we also restored Ignite, but we didn't pay for it. And I wanted to see us cut spending to pay for those increases to the proposed budget. We have a complete breakdown of the amendment in which teacher positions are specifically protected online at alaskasnewsource.com. And there's another board meeting scheduled for next week. Passing additional funding for education is not going quite as smooth in Juneau. The Senate president expressing concern after Governor Dunleavy threatened to veto the newly passed school spending bill. That bill includes historic funding increases that local school districts say they desperately need. But political reporter Steve Kirch tells us that issue are the governor's priorities that are not included. With the governor's veto threat looming, some lawmakers told me Tuesday it might be difficult to deliver what the governor wants, charter schools and teacher bonuses in a short amount of time. We have 15 days before uh, it becomes law or before I veto. Uh, and I made it clear that um, if there are not certain elements in that bill, uh, it's, 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 it's not going to be, I won't, I won't uh, sign into law. The elements the governor wants to see lawmakers pass by the middle of March might sound familiar. They're what the House and Senate ended up cutting. 
for charter schools allowing the state school board to streamline the approval process and bringing back five to $15,000 teacher bonuses to help the state recruit and retain teachers. The governor says if he does not get a second package, he'll veto the current one, including increasing student funding by $680 per student. Senate leaders expressed concern Tuesday over time and the cost of the teacher bonuses. So I believe it's like uh, 50, almost, 50, almost $60 million uh, additional the governor is talking about just in teacher um, uh, bonuses. That, that's a, that's a, a big bite for us at this point. I'm not sure that we can afford that. And, you know, I've always believed since uh, I ran and I was elected uh, to a school board years and years ago that the best place to decide how money is spent in the district is through the local school board. I would, look, I would hope everyone's going to look at this as an opportunity to put some of those other things in the beef up the reading. Uh, to, to expand the ability to do charter schools. Now at this time, House lawmakers have not responded to the governor's veto threat. But some lawmakers I did talk to on Tuesday did express concern about the internet funding deadline. Internet funding is a provision in this bill that the governor is threatening to veto. The governor said in his view that there's still plenty of time and he thinks there's some flexibility in that deadline. Steve Kirch, Alaska's News Source. The office of Lieutenant Governor Nancy Dahlstrom is sharing preliminary results of a comprehensive review of ballot initiatives uh, petitions conducted by the Division of Elections, which it says details a, an examination of the number and qualification of signatures collected. So both of these petitions received the required 26,705 qualified signatures from residents and at least 30 of the 40 House districts. They are 23 AMLS, which includes raising Alaska's minimum wage, providing workers with sick leave and protecting workers from, quote, practices that violate their constitutional rights, and 22 AKHE, which uh, repeals the open primary system and ranked choice general election. If properly filed, the initiatives will appear on the 2024 general election ballot in November. The 38-year-old convicted of attacking multiple hikers along an Anchorage trail last summer has been sentenced to 360 days in jail with 280 suspended. Sean Ahmed pleaded no contest to the accusations and took a plea agreement for that sentence. The Anchorage Police Department says the attacks near or along area trails were reported last July at least once daily for about a week. Ahmed also received probation for five years and must undergo a mental health evaluation as part of the sentencing agreement. And the trial of Talon Westlake resumes today after opening statements wrapped up Tuesday. He's facing multiple counts of murder and manslaughter in the death of his dad, former state lawmaker Dean Westlake. You can learn more about the opening statements and also keep up with today's court happenings at alaskasnewsource.com. A 16-year-old is facing two charges of first-degree murder and two charges of first-degree attempted murder after a weekend shooting in Point Hope. According to the Department of Law, Guy Nashukpuk is being charged as an adult. Two people were killed and two others severely injured. The video you're about to see is from the Kotzebue courtroom, courtesy of KOTZ. Nashukpuk entered a not guilty plea and remains in custody. Court documents show Nashukpuk ad admitted to the killings. His bail is set at $1 million cash performance, plus a third-party custodian is required. The North Slope Borough Mayor says communities across the region are mourning, but looking towards healing. You know, relying on your spiritual and faith aspect is important here and maintaining that there's hope for tomorrow uh, and, and this too shall pass is, is kind of what's going to keep us moving forward.
to process these types of things. Point Hope is a small village on the West Coast. Nishapuk's hearing is March 8th. If convicted, the 16-year-old could face up to 99 years in prison for each count of murder and additional time for each count of attempted murder. The Department of Energy has awarded up to $125 million for developing energy projects in rural Alaska. The move was welcomed by both Senators Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan. Senator Murkowski thanked the DOE and Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm for recognizing the need for investment, saying, I see the opportunities we have to utilize more of our local resources, the hardships that high energy costs cause across our state, and push this innovative program as a way to tackle both. Senator Dan Sullivan recognized his history of pushing for the development of renewable energy in Alaska by saying in part, quote, this major investment will fund hydroelectric facilities, battery storage, transmission lines, and other energy infrastructure that will ultimately reduce costs and increase resiliency for Alaskans. Still to come, having positive role models has been shown to be one of the greatest indicators of success in life. And while things are improving, diversity is still lacking in many professions. When I was younger, I never really had any role models who looked like me. After the break, meet a group that's looking to change that and possibly change healthcare in the process. It's the fifth largest wildfire in Texas history. The Smokehouse Creek Fire has already burned more than 250,000 acres in the state's Panhandle region. This morning, the state's governor declaring a state of emergency. This is video of firefighters trying to get through the blaze. Unusually dry and warm weather is fueling that fire and helped it spread pretty quickly since it started Monday. The area this one fire has burned equals more than all of the area burned in Texas wildfires last year. And 11 minutes past the hour, Aaron, good morning to you. Weatherwise, what are we looking at? Well, we've also got some uh, drier conditions building in across South Central. Really a good portion of the state uh, with this uh, ridge of high pressure that we're going to see leading to this Arctic air mass. We're going to be talking about limited snow chances and more sunshine across South Central. Bitter cold, though, is making a return. Uh, we're talking about highs anywhere from 20 to 25 degrees below average, as well as some gusty conditions. Northerly winds anywhere from 40 to 60 miles per hour uh, across South Central will stay with us today, as well as uh, into our Thursday, where we're going to see the potential for uh, those winds to stay with us, leading to wind chills as low as 20 uh, to 30 below for parts of South Central. So notice this area of low pressure. Uh, this is what brought us that active weather through the weekend, as well as that widespread snow out towards uh, southeast uh, yesterday and into this morning. That's driving in those northerly winds, and you can see winds have been gusting uh, anywhere from about 25 to 51 miles per hour from uh, southeast to the Aleutians. And we're going to continue to hold on to those windy conditions as we head through the day. Uh, as a result, we are seeing some colder wind chills across the state, uh, trying to populate some of this data that uh, as we have a technological issue this morning with uh, the, the MAC system, but we are seeing some of those colder wind chills across the state. And you can see here uh, through the next 48 hours, we're going to continue to see this persistent northerly flow. So if you live in the parts of the Susitna Valley, uh, down through western parts of the Kenai, uh, even out towards Seward, through the gaps and passes uh, of the mountains. We're going to be talking about these winds staying with us, persistent sustained winds gusting anywhere from about uh, 40 to 60 miles per hour today and into tomorrow. Uh, notice as you head further east across parts of south central, uh, going to be shielded a bit from those winds, uh, so shouldn't see any significant wind chill concerns for all of south central, uh, but we are going to continue to hold on to these gusty conditions both today as well as tomorrow, uh, which is certainly going to make it feel quite colder outside, even with that sunshine that we have, and that's also going to 
loft some of that snow and lead to some areas of blowing snow and reduced visibility. So wind gust across uh, Anchorage, well, we did just have the data on that, but it looks like it dropped. Uh, but we are expected to see uh, wind, uh, wind gusts anywhere from about 20 to 40 miles per hour for parts of uh, the Anchorage Bowl, even higher as you head through uh, parts of the Kenai out towards Kodiak. And we continue to lose that weather data. So let's just go ahead into that seven-day forecast, give you an idea of what we're going to see uh, as we head through the close of this week and on into uh, the weekend. We're going to be talking about those temperatures uh, continuing to steadily stay on the colder side. We're talking about highs as we uh, close out today and welcome in uh, our Wednesday and Thursday staying in the teens. Uh, look, we just got to not responding uh, for our weather system. But we are talking about those highs staying in the teens through the rest of this week. Overnight lows dropping down uh, to some sub-zero values. So be prepared for those colder and gustier conditions uh, as we head through the Wednesday. All right. Thanks, Aaron, for the update. Well, bariatric surgery, also known as gastric bypass, is more effective at controlling type 2 diabetes than medical or lifestyle changes. Researchers at the University of Pittsburgh found the surgery improved cholesterol and triglyceride levels more than traditional treatments. They say bariatric surgery could possibly help diabetic patients, even if their BMI or body mass index isn't high enough to qualify for weight loss surgery. COVID increased some healthcare disparities between the rich and poor. That's according to a major study in the Journal of American Medicine. It found low-income cancer patients were more likely to die at home and have less palliative care during the pandemic. The study's authors say more needs to be done to provide equitable access to healthcare nationwide. The more young people see professionals who look like them, the more kids will believe these professions are open to them, allowing them to dream big and believe in opportunity. This Black History Month, a student organization at Jefferson University in Philadelphia aims to increase the number of black doctors and show that diversity matters, especially when it comes to health care. Stephanie Stahl has today's Health Watch. Dressing for success, these second-year medical students at Jefferson Sidney Kimmel Medical College are members of black men in white coats. With the intention of trying to increase the number of black men going into the field of medicine, um, it's a very challenging journey. And it's a journey that definitely does require a lot of assistance. Kevin Carolina is a founding member of the group, inspired by his own experience. I see um, the impact that the lack of diversity has on health outcomes within people that look like me. The CDC says black people have higher rates of disease, health complications, and death. Part of that is blamed on a historic lack of trust of white doctors and not being able to find medical professionals of the same race. The Association of American Medical Colleges says diversity in medicine is improving, but still only 5% of doctors are black. Although our numbers are rare within medicine, we're working to improve that and just kind of up those numbers as well. Nathan Delacte is also a member of black men in white coats. When I was younger, I never really had any role models who looked like me. Here training in a simulation lab. Just checking his airway, making sure everything's clear. These future black doctors are supporting each other and hope to inspire more to be like them. We're hoping to kind of enact change like within uh, the school itself, bringing more uh, black students to the school as well, but then also creating some change within the community. They go to underserved communities with things like screening checks. The group is also working to improve access to better health care for black neighbors. Ultimately, we want to uplift black voices. Stephanie Stahl, CBS News, Philadelphia. According to the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education, less than 16% of college students in the U.S. are black. The group of medical students from Jefferson University hope to expand their program to additional campuses.
You've been listening to the Alaska's New Source podcast. Subscribe to have the latest episodes delivered to your library automatically.